Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. A pitch-perfect delivery of superior cricket conversation. This is following on Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. Hello and welcome to the Oval. A bombshell has gone off. Stuart Broad has just announced live on Sky Sports that the fifth and final Ashes test will be his final test. One of the most successful bowlers in the game's history has decided that this will be it. Stuart Broad will be an England cricketer no more. All gone. Brilliant from Broad. Eight for 15, best bowling figures on this ground. In big moments, I, I want the ball, I want to step up, I want to take the pressure. Broad. Yeah! Stuart Broad, is this the start of one of those Stuart Broad-type spells? Broad has been an unbelievable performer um, over many years. He's just a legend, he's just a great bloke, and like he's saying, one of the best bowlers ever to play the game. Oh, it's taken, England's plan has worked. Broad has his man, and it is 600 for Stuart Broad. There's no doubt that when you play for England, the, the best memories that, have, that you have are within the changing room when you've won a test match and you're all together and you know that you've gone through so much to get to that point of winning. Here's another one because Broad's got it to nip back and bold as Devon Conway. Beauty from Broad. Him and Jimmy are, are, the, are the greatest that we've ever had along with Sir Alistair Cook. The Blades, obviously one of England's finest bowlers ever. 132 matches, Broaden Anderson for England has got 1,000 wickets between them. Nick, it's gone. Oh, that's brilliant. That is magnificent bowling from Stuart Broad. I thought he was good, don't get me wrong, but I didn't think he was as good as he's turned into being. Wow. Steve Harmison, your immediate thoughts uh, to news that we had an inkling that was about to happen, but boy, goosebump moment really. And uh, who, who can imagine just what the reaction is going to be tomorrow when another full house welcomes Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson to uh, the middle. <laughs> They're batting, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Who writes your scripts? Um, 
but really it's going to be when he's at the top of his mark isn't it bandana on crowd roaring him in that first that first moment when he's going to be bowling at david warner in all likelihood i mean it's going to be something special and it's going to be fitting for a special bowler. It is going to be fitting for a special bowler. I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I almost want it to go into Munda so he gets two full houses to say thank you very much, Stuart Broad. He's been magnificent. He really has. Um, I'm not surprised, uh, if, if I'm brutally honest, because he's got somewhere to go. I think he understands that there's, there's a want for him. Um, he's talked about being the most dropped bowler and there's always, England have always gone back to him. I think there's a there's a pathway now, and you mentioned it on uh, the previous show, not 15 minutes ago, that he's going to be brilliant in the uh, the commentary box. Speaks the game so well, but he played the game unbelievably well. You can't you can't sort of say the greatest um, because that's going to be labelled Jimmy Anderson when Jimmy Anderson goes. So we've got to say he is the greatest performer in the Ashes, which is probably the closest we can say that. You know, use the greatest word twice. Um, for two unbelievable performers. The, I, I'm not sure what Jimmy does, but Jimmy's for another day. I think it's about Stuart, and Stuart has always lived... Well, he, I think he has lived in Jimmy's shadow. I, I think he has, because Jimmy, obviously, is a little bit older. He's been around that little bit longer. It's always been Anderson and Broad. So, for me, whatever happens over the course of the next 24, 48 hours everything that goes in Stewart's way is muchly deserved because he's been a, a ridiculous performer, a great ambassador, somebody who's always stood up um, and represented his country with, with, with brilliant pride and distinction. And when the big games come, the really big games come, boy, has he turned up. It's been, it's been a wonderful career from Stuart Broad. I feel a bit emotional, man. Yeah, I do as well. I really do. Cause I do because I remember, I'll never forget, he came into a one-day squad in, in Bristol in, against Pakistan. And I remember I had no interest in playing one-day cricket at that point. And I remember having a conversation with, you know, the senior players got together. and in, There was a lot of talk at the time, John, about Stuart being a test cricketer. But there was always a, a, a sort of watch because he was still growing. He was still developing. And if we... If they bring him into Test match cricket, the amount of strain on his body could have a detriment effect to you know, his career going forward. So there was always a, 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 you know, a watch from from a Test match point of view. But he came in with such a whirlwind and T20 blast for Leicester that he had to play one day cricket. And I remember saying in one of the meetings, "He's got to play." I think it was a dead rubber. He's got to play and. I was like, well, who does he play for? And I just, I'm not bothered about playing. Just leave me out. And I, I knew, I knew so like straight away. You knew this kid was. You watched him in practice, and I'm watching him in T20 practice. And nobody really knew how to play T20 from internationals because we we didn't play it. You know, I didn't play T20 cricket because I was playing for England in Test matches at ODIs. But Stuart had been playing for Leicester in the in the Blast or whatever it was called then. And we had a t- T20 practice. This will stay with me forever. And I'm standing at mid-off and I'm watching this kid, 18-year-old, standing at the top of his mark and he bowled a ball. And then the next ball was just before he started at the top of his mark for the next ball, he's moving his field and he's, he's like a conductor of an orchestra. And I'm looking at this kid in awe going, wow, what, is, what are you doing? And, you know, this is different. This is the new game. This is the new way. 
and he was uh, and, and talking to him through that process he was like well I'm going to bowl a slower ball so I'm going to bring the field up this and I'm going to do that and it was him it wasn't about the captain it was about him the bowlers in control and straight away then it was like this kid's going to go not going to go far He's going to, he is going to boss the game and I didn't think he could boss the game as, as much as he did or as Jimmy's done but he's been uh, honest, words, honestly words can't describe how good Stuart's broad's been in the next hour I don't think we can ever you know, put him on a pedestal too high because he's been a, a wonderful servant for English cricket Get your uh, get your tributes into Stuart Broad, by the way. Ash's memories, favourite moments. Um, I mean, if you're Raj Singh is listening, feel free to call in. Uh, we'll get you on. Um, it's uh, it's been a, it's been an incredible career. Just a few of the quotes from Stuart Broad uh, speaking to Sky. Um, uh, uh, Tomorrow on Monday will be my last game of cricket. Uh, it's been a wonderful ride. It's been such a wonderful series to be part of, and I've always wanted to finish on the top or at the top I mean uh, well he's going to do exactly that uh, get us your text in 81089 call us on 03717 or on social media at cricket underscore TS we're going to get reaction from the ground here at the Oval to the news that Stuart Broad uh, has announced that this the fifth and final test match of what has been an incredible summer Harmy, it will be his last. So at some point tomorrow or on Monday, that's it for Stuart Broad. And uh, we imagine, they don't know for sure that he's going to be stepping into the Sky Sports commentary box. Um, you were just paying, you know, your respects to him. But uh, here's a question for you, Harmy, and maybe to the listeners as well. He will always be remembered for those three spells. He'll be remembered for a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he will be remembered mostly for the three ashes series winning spells here at the Oval in a game that you played at, a game that you retired after 2009 then you have to move to 2013 at your home ground Harmony. don't yeah. know how you're linked to all this by the way <laughs> and that spell just when Australia were going to chase down a big total and he provided one again and then 2015 arguably the most famous but I'm not sure if that's true either Trent Bridge, his home ground. I, I can't link it to you, I'm afraid. Which of the three, Harmy, if you were to pick one, which of the three was the most impressive spell of Ash's series winning bowling? I, I'll have to say the first one because that announced him. You, you go through an Ash's career and how you start your career in the Ashes is where you'll move to the next point and the next point and I think because of how he went which was the the last test match of that series he announced himself in Ashes cricket by basically blowing Australia away and he didn't just blow you know, the, the tail away he blew the top half away during that during that test match I blew the tail away that's all I was good for at the time I couldn't do the, anything with the top half I was it was time for me to be got to, to be done he blew the top order away Watson you know Ponting he you know they were the I think they were the first two wickets that he that he got Ricky Ponting I think he bowled Ricky Ponting and so for me that that then gets him to the next spell and then the next spell after that so for me yeah everybody's going to look at that eight for 15 I remember where I was I was at um I was in the Lake District I was at uh, Centre Parks and I was in the sports bar at the time and a, a large proportion of that 
eight for 15, he was on seven for 12. And I had people staring at me, just sort of like pointing at the telly, he's got seven for 12. And it's, it, it, was, it was brilliant to watch. And, and, and I've loved watching Jimmy and Brody. I really have. Because when you've had an invested interest in them and been around them and you've, you've seen them grow up and develop, you do have a sense of pride when they do something special. And I think the two of them, you know, Jimmy's not got the wickets he would like in this series, but he's still been he's still been part, I think, of a of a bowling attack that have been threatening. Um, so to see Stuart and go out the way he's going to go out, and I can't wait for tomorrow. I really hope part of us wants him to have the two day send off, but I'm only going to be there tomorrow. I'd <laughs> love to be there. I was there when he. I've I've made a note here. You know, I'm proud to say that I was there in 2009 on the field when the Ashes started for Stuart Broad. And I hope he retires tomorrow and it finishes tomorrow because I'd love to be there when he's finished because it would just be a, a proud feeling to say I was there on both occasions. Well said, Harmy. Well, look, we're going to uh, continue talking about Stuart Broad. We haven't even mentioned uh, day three at the Oval yet. If you're just joining us and you, you have been on Mars, uh, England posted 389 for nine. And uh, guess who was at the crease at the end of play? Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. I mean, it's been a ridiculous one here at the Oval. We're going to be talking about that and we're going to be joined very shortly by Jared Kimber as well uh, to give his thoughts on the news that Stuart Broad has decided to call it a day. The fifth test will be his final test. You're listening to Following On Ash's Inquest. no doubt that when you play for England the, the best memories to have, that you have are within the changing room when you've won a test match and you're all together and you know that you've gone through so much to get to that point of winning. You're listening to Following on Ashes Inquest, the news uh, still reverberating really around this famous old ground that uh, Stuart Broad has decided to call it a day. This will be his final test match, his final match as a professional cricketer. And uh, Jared Kimber is alongside me here at the Oval. I asked the question of Harmy uh, just before the break, uh, Jared, of those three series winning spells he, prov- he performed uh, um, or provided us uh, here in England. 2009 here at the at the Oval mm. against Australia, 2013 at Chester Street, 2015 at Trent Bridge, which for you stands out uh, amongst or above the others? Probably 2009, because at that point he was batting at number seven um, in the test match before, and I wasn't even sure he was going to be a test match bowler. And then out of nowhere, he you know changes the uh, that test match, and you know obviously Harmy played in that, and he'll be able to tell you. But Australia were doing pretty well at times in that game, and he just completely changed everything from that point forward. He took so many spree spells, right? That. It's not that Trent Bridge isn't amazing and Chester Street aren't amazing, but he took so many of them, you just, you're building them up. But that first one at that point, you know, you're talking about a guy who started his career as a batter, you know, in Leicester um, and has ended up being, you know, one of the, the greatest wicket-taking fast bowlers of all time. And I felt like the oval was the first time we really saw a glimpse of that coming through. And Jared, he's been the pantomime villain for Australian fans to hear it for, well, probably since Trembridge when he nicked it and didn't walk. But <laughs> what will Australia, how will they pay their tribute to, to Stuart Broad? Because yeah, even, even the hardened Australian has got to recognise that this has been a great career in Ashes cricket. 
Well, I think the Courier Mail in Brisbane might have to shut down, Harmy. I'm not sure what they're going to have to write <laughs> yeah. about anymore now that Stuart Broad's finished. Um, look, I, I think there'll be a lot of fun had with him because he is, I mean, he's a ridiculous character, right? You're talking about a guy who at different times held the world record for the most runs in uh, in a test match over and in a T20 over. You know, we've got, the, we had the bails in this particular game. We had the edge behind. Remember that time he took his shoe off in the middle of an over because he wanted to, um, you know, delay the, uh, uh, the, the match. I remember I found one game, Harmy, where he went off to have a toilet break when England were trying to bat for a draw and he'd been batting for four balls. Uh, I mean, he just was... When you've got to go, you got to go. When you got to go, yeah. When you've got a time waste, you got a time waste. And he's probably the best at that as well. So I, I think he's just a very entertaining uh, person. So I think from that point of view, I think the Australian papers will um, do that. And he's had a lot of success against Australia. So, you know, it, it might be begrudging from Brisbane, uh, but I think a lot of other people will remember him very uh, entertainingly, if nothing else. Why is it that to Anderson has always had just a little asterisk next to his name when it comes to the perception from Australia. Um, but Stuart Broad hasn't. Hasn't Anderson taken 40 wickets less in the Ashes than Broad? Well, Anderson did pretty well in 2010-11 and yeah. Stuart Broad actually walked out after two Got injured, injured in that one, yeah. Look, I just think Broad's just taken a lot more Ashes wickets and he's had a lot more incredible moments in Ashes. Uh, you know, the, you talk about those three spells again. There's been so many of them. There was the six for Brisbane as well. After you know, what, what did they call him? A, we weren't going to talk about the the medium pacer, um, and he comes out and and he takes six five. I think he's just had a lot of very big moments, and so in Australia he's just got that bigger thing. Plus his dad was really good in Australia as well. Like his dad, his his dad's probably almost more famous in Australian cricket at times than he has been over here. So I, I think all of that um, comes um, comes from uh, why he's sort of in Australian, and it's more part of the. Ash's culture than perhaps Anderson has been from an Australian point of view. In the game as a as a whole, Jared, you know, in in 50 years to come, you're going to talk about the likes of Warren and McGrath. Mm. It's Broad and Anderson are going to be talked in in that way as much as I don't really so want to go on Jimmy now because it's all about Stuart. But the the when you break down people's career in, in eras and how they were in their lifetimes, um, we're going to be talking about Stuart Broad for for many many years to come. Yeah, and he's such a confusing uh, person because you're right. He should be in that, that upper echelon. But also, Harmy, you're talking about a guy, it's really only him and Harbhajan Singh and maybe Ashwin when he gets there as well, of the guys who've taken a lot of wickets who actually got dropped quite a bit during yeah. their career, right? And then you, the, the second caveat there is you could say how great he was, but he was never the greatest bowler of this era. Um, you know, he wasn't the greatest bowler in his team, right? <laughs> so it's so complicated. And yet at the same time, Look how many wickets he's taken. How do you how do you airbrush that out? So I, look, I, I think he's certainly going to go down as you know one of the most respected from that point of view. I I, I think the way I would look at him uh, is maybe more the way that you look at Ben Stokes's batting, which is he was not the greatest bowler in the world consistently over his entire career. But when he was at his absolute best, he, there's no one who could take more wickets in a small amount of time and completely change a Test match. And you know we saw it so many times against you know New Zealand and Sri Lanka and in the Ashes and all these you know random test matches when we go back and he just completely changes them when everything worked for him in his technique he was a better bowler than Jimmy Anderson but Jimmy Anderson just did it more often and unlike Ben Stokes and Jimmy Anderson it turns out Stuart Broad is a comedy genius 
Yeah, I mean, he is the funniest cricketer that has been around in a very long time. Some of it's unintentional. Do you remember the, the, the Big Brother interview he did with Sky during the lockdown? Where I don't think he realised how, how ridiculous it all looked. But he backed it up, though, didn't he? Yeah. He absolutely backed it up. Well, we talk about the Courier-Mail thing. Do you remember when he took the six wickets, he picked up a copy of the Courier-Mail and put it under his arm, right? Like, he, he, he has a bit of an eye for that. And, you know, you follow his tweets. He got involved with the with the Jofra um, uh, stuff online. You know, the, the, uh, he, he put tweets of himself up as was Andy from um, Toy Story like he was very often in on the joke not always he wasn't always in on it but he was very much but from a content perspective come on John that's what we do here from a content perspective he's way above Jimmy Anderson <laughs> he may not have as many wickets he's got a lot more content um, I know how was about to jump in then but we've got to talk about today's play of course because there was cricket there was some cricket and uh, once again well essentially England picked up they rolled back the, the days. They rolled back eight days. It was like Old Trafford 2023. Do you remember that test? <laughs> it was basically day two into day three, but without the, pro- the prospect of really bad weather in days four and five. Four first ball, and Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson together, last ball. I mean, even the most optimistic England fan couldn't have dreamt for mm. it going any better than how it went today. It was the 34... Well, it isn't completed yet, but at the moment is the 34th quickest innings in Test Match Cricket history, over 300 runs. Um, but it's the ninth quickest of England in basketball. I mean, it's... I didn't even feel that they had attacked that hard today. It just felt like they were batting normally. And then you look up and you're just like... I kept doing the mass in my head going, am I miscounting? Because they seem to have scored so many runs. Um, I, I do wonder that the pitch does look a lot better for batting than we've seen. And maybe they'll get the best of conditions, as they seem to have almost all the way through the series at time um, tomorrow. And, and maybe it will work. But they went very, very hard at the end when perhaps maybe, you know, just staying around, but that's not their way. Why would you go against what's working for you now? Um, and, uh, you know, so from that point of view, it looked like maybe there was a couple more loose ends, but uh, I can't see Australia, um, d- uh, if the conditions, especially if the conditions go back in England's favour, I can't see Australia get anywhere near that. Uh, Jared, thank you for your time. Uh, Jared will be back at some point uh, either tomorrow or on day five to look back at the test and the series as a whole. Um, thanks for your time, matey. Um, look, the, the press conference is taking place right now, and of course, it's going to be dominated by the news that Stuart Broad has decided to step away from uh, not just England cricket, but all cricket. Uh, this will be his final test match and final match as a professional cricketer. Um, and uh, so there's just 10 wickets that he can possibly take in the remainder of his career. I mean, who would have bet against him uh, taking at least one or two tomorrow? What a reaction it'll be uh, if he gets Warner, by the way. Um, as I say, reaction happening right now. You can uh, you can cover this story in The Times and also over on The Sun, but also uh, The Daily Mail. We're going to be hearing uh, from the Daily Mail sports writer Paul Newman very, very shortly here on Talk Sport. You're listening to uh, Following On, Ash's Inquest. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Hitting you for six with Top Order Cricket Conversation. Following on Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. You're listening to Following On Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman, and uh, also uh, Steve Harmison. Uh, really shocked by the news, although we kind of expected it in a way that Stuart Broad has decided that this will be his final test match, his final match as a professional cricketer. And uh, I'm pleased to say that we're joined on the line by a f- well, one of his best mates, essentially. Um, Harry Gurney, former teammate, uh, former England international himself. And uh, Harry, I mean, Stuart Broad has just been speaking, saying he came to the decision late last night. Just give us, uh, give us your thoughts about the man that you know so well. Yeah, I mean, what, what an incredible career. He's, um, you know, I've just sent him a text now just to say it's very difficult really to put into words the enormity of what, what he achieved and how much I admire it. And um, I can't say too much. I don't want to get into trouble with Brody, but, I, you know, it's not made perhaps as much of a surprise to me as it might be to some others. But um, you still wondered, or I still wondered even up to this point, will he actually do it or will he, will that competitive spirit carry him through to the, you know, the next ashes down under, but um, yeah, what an incredible career. Harry, you know him better than most. Um, What makes him, what makes him tick? What's made him get out of bed every morning up to a 37 year old, apart from the ashes to be the best Stuart Broad that he could possibly and go down as one of the grits, not only of English time, but of world cricket all time. A combination of anti-inflammatories uh, <laughs> and uh, that just that competitive spirit. You know, he's a he's a fighter. Um, he loves the big stage. Um, he loves that competition, and it really drives him. And like I say, I just I just wondered, you know, um, will he actually do it, or will he or will he decide that he wants to carry on for a little bit longer? So, um, really pleased for him. You know, it's been done. I think in a really classy way. He's not made it about himself. You know, he didn't announce it before the Test match. Um, and there's no bigger stage, I don't think, really, to walk off um, and thank thank the the cricket loving public for uh, for all their support. Is there? 
in the your sort of abiding sort of highlight of of Stuart Broad's career, you played with him obviously at Notts. You you've seen his journey with uh, with England. You've been so like business interests with him. But if there's one standout highlight you'll remember Stuart Broad's Test career from, what would it be? It's got to be that that morning at Trembridge, hasn't it? The uh, the yeah. what was it eight for? Um, yeah, that's that's the first thing that springs to mind. And I was I was round the back of the pavilion collecting a load of Powerade to take to uh, to take to Worcestershire for a, for a Notts game, and I could just hear the the roars of the crowd as I came to collect it all en route. It was incredible. Harry, you've known him for so many years, um, but of course he's had a, he's been cheating on you essentially. He's been cheating on you with Jimmy Anderson. Give us an <laughs> give us an idea of how. Jimmy Anderson essentially has been there for him and, and probably propelled him to the heights that um, that nobody really ever expected he would go on to manage. Yeah, they're very close. You know, they're you know best friends. Um, they've shared a cricket pitch for such a long time and not just any old cricket pitch, obviously, the, you know, the, the pinnacle of the game for England. Um, and But also over the years, they've competed probably and driven each other on. I'm sure they're trying to outdo each other, you know, with each year that went by, try and take more wickets than each other, etc. So, um, yeah, it's that healthy sort of camaraderie and and, uh, banter and competition, I guess. And where now for for Stuart? He's obviously going to go into to the commentary and to, into TV, and he's going to be just as good as that if he if he could possibly as as a bowler. But what else will Stuart fill his time with? I know uh, him and Molly have just had a little one, but he's he's golf. I know his golf needs working on. I've seen that in New Zealand. <laughs> but what else does will Stuart Broad fill his time with? Yeah, he'll work on his short game. That'll certainly be first port of call. I'm hoping that I might see a bit more of him in the pub company as well. I've got. Uh, I've got a few invoices and a bit of bookkeeping he can get stuck into if he wants to. But um, other than that, yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, he's a great speaker, isn't he? You just watch him the way he deals with the media. It, it'd be a surprise not to see him involved in the in the media in some capacity. And um, I'm sure he'll excel at whatever he decides to do next. Brilliant stuff, Harry. And just before you go, we should ask about the pub because, of course, you suffered uh, what must have been a heartbreaking yeah. fire last year. But mm. the pub's back back open last month I believe um, yeah and so Stuart's going to be there ready to uh, to pull a couple of pints now I hope so yeah he popped in he popped in um, the other day between I think just after the Headingley test um, and yeah it's been a it's been a horrible year but we are back open bigger and better than ever um, and uh, yeah we're really proud of it it's it's uh, it's packed out it's packed out every weekend and, and well to be honest most days so uh, we feel very fortunate and we're just glad to be doing what, what we love doing Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, if you're in the, uh, the Nottingham area, um, head over to the Tap and Run. Um, it's back. And uh, maybe, maybe there'll be a familiar or two face behind the bar. You never know in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Harry, thanks so much for your time. Um, we, uh, we're getting immediate reaction from the news that Stuart Broad has decided to call it a day. Uh, let's hear from uh, the Daily Mail cricket writer Paul Newman, who's just been speaking with our very own Sam Ellard. I was surprised when I first heard the news, Sam, yeah, because he's obviously had such a great series and he's still at the peak of his powers at 37, isn't he? But the more I think about it, the more I think it's absolutely perfect because he's going out on a high. You know, hopefully England win this game tomorrow. He takes a few wickets. He has a giant lap of honour at the Oval. The crowd salute him. And it's the perfect way to go out. If you think about it, not too many pe- not too many of the great sports people go out on, on a high. It often ends in tears by them going on while they're going well. So it's all great. he's had a fantastic series. He's taken 20 wickets. He's been at the, the high of everything so I, I think his timing is perfect actually yeah if I was played there as advocate I, I take on board everything you're saying but he's a great this series hasn't he yeah, you know he's yeah. he's a leading wicket taker in this series you know Jimmy's 
made it clear yesterday he wants to carry on and he's five years older than him, is that right? I don't know, I just feel like he's still got a lot more to offer, Brody. Yeah, I did think he might go before Jimmy, actually, even though he is that, that much younger than him. I mean, I think there was a chance he was going to go last year after the Trent Bridge test against New Zealand. Yeah, he sure. was thinking about it then, I think. Um, you know, it seems as though he's going to go straight into the Sky commentary box, so that would have been in the back of his mind as well. You know, how many times are these opportunities going to come around, perhaps, he was thinking. And look at the cricket England have got ahead. You know, will you go to India? Will he have gone to India in January? Next summer, it's West Indies and Sri Lanka. Um, you know, that would have been a real anti-climax after this summer so the ideal would have been if he'd gone out in a win in England the Ashes side of course but if they win this game tomorrow yeah. they'll have only been denied by the Manchester rain Broads had a fantastic series why not you know I know you're a long time retired and those of us who can't get near that sort of level think oh why you're that, that good why don't you carry on but I saw this happen with Hurst the Cook I saw this happen with Nasser Hussain I've also seen a lot of great players and captains and coaches go out in tears so I, I'd say you know privileged to have watched Stuart many congrats and I think he's got this absolutely spot on Paul Newman, uh, Daily Mail cricket writer, uh, speaking uh, immediate reaction really uh, to the news that Stuart Broad has uh, decided to walk away from the game. Um, Harmy, we need to talk about the game itself because we've had an incredible day here at the Oval. I don't know. I mean, so essentially, if you're if you're listening, I'm sure you know by now that uh, England started the day 12 runs behind. They knocked those off within an over. Um, it was almost like Groundhog Day with what we saw on day one with Duckett and Crawley going at the Australian bowlers. I think they scored 30 after three and a half overs. Uh, Slowed down a touch. Duckett was the only batter to fall in that uh, first session. But by lunch, uh, England just appeared to be on easy street. Uh, There was uh, very little drama throughout the day, even when Harry Brook edged behind for seven, 222 for four at that stage. Jared Kimber earlier today saying it didn't even seem like England was scoring that quickly, Uh, but they were. I remember looking personally, I remember thinking, oh, it's been a bit of a slow, slow period of five overs or so. And they were 177 for two. And they'd only been batting for about 37 overs. It was just incredible. But uh, that's where we are. At times today, did Australia look to you, Harmy, for the first time? And I know that they were they were batted at times at Old Trafford. But did they appear beaten to you today? Yeah, it's the first time I've I've really thought right, get me on that plane, I'm out of here. Um, we've come, what we've we've got. We wanted to retain the Ashes. We've got that far. It's time for us to get out of there. And that's I say that with all due respect because I think the, the they have the, they didn't. I wouldn't say they give up the fight. I just think England. Do you know what Ben Ducker got forty two right and forty two? I'd normally be critical, and I, I possibly you still can be critical to say he give it away. But I tell you what, it was a brilliant innings. It took so much pressure off Zach Crawley. I think he have had you some, noticed that those two have changed? Yeah, their roles, they have. they've changed their roles, haven't they? Yeah. And, and he's been the one that's been going at. And did you notice how the moment he was out, Crawley flicked a switch? Yeah, that was it. And uh, I got, I've got I've got it written down here that at no point it was like it was as if right the person that's in has got to carry on the momentum. It's got to carry on that baton. It's like a relay race. I've given you the the baton as I'm walking out to the to the bloke at the non-striker's end. You pick it up and you get on with it. And that, for me, the day, and that's what was so special about the Duckett uh, innings. He played some great cricket shots. Two shots down the ground were, were fantastic. They went to a straight field, bowled a ball, and one of the and it wasn't a wasn't a brilliant shot, but it was, he timed one off his hip, and it went. They had a man just behind square and a man just in front of square on the leg side. Um, Todd Murphy was just behind square. I remember watching, it was probably about half 11. Ben Duckett would have been, I think he was about 30, 35 off of 19 or 20 balls. And he just clipped this thing off his leg, bang. 
and it went it was timed perfection it was p- placed perfection straight through no fanfare no big swing of the bat it was just a nice touch off his legs bang and I was going yeah go on Ben Duckett you go on and get that big score because you deserve it you've you've put, took pressure off Zach Crawley in this innings you've gone at the Australian bowlers and I thought when Duckett got out Crawley did exactly the same to Ben Stokes and you know fair play to Ben you know there's going the, the one thing that's going to be missing missed out of all this euphoria and the, the brilliance of Stuart Broad Ben Stokes took one and he didn't take one for the team he's gone I'm going to take responsibility I'm captain I'm not bowling now so I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to bat three and fair play to Ben for that so he's gone out there batted three done what a senior player done done what a lot of former England players have said he should go and bat at number three I'm still uh, I'm still not sure on that one because he's captaincy and potentially after ball with too much on his plate. But he did. He went out there. And then we got a special off Joe Root. I thought Joe Root batted beautiful today. As good as I've seen Joe Root bat for a long, long time. Um, he he just rotated the strike nicely, got the boundary when he needed. Um, and, and, and along with Johnny Bairstow, who just seems to be getting better and better in this series, got England into a, a great match winning position. Johnny Bairstow, do you want to know something funny? He scored more runs in this series than Ben Duckett, who's had a pretty damn good series. Mm. Steve Smith, who's batted one innings less. Travis Head and Marnus Labuschagne. That's what he's in a team for. Three half centuries. He's not in the team for his. Um, he's, uh, he's in the team for his batting, and it's a see. That's why I think Stokes does stay at three because I'm not sure he is going to be bowling that much. You know, yeah. and I think Stokes moves to three. It allows Bearstow just to bat at five, uh, at six rather. And uh, and then folks comes in. I think uh, uh, that looks like that looks like a how it should be really. I'm not I, sure what they then, do. Then at, I don't think I still don't think folks comes in. I think England will pick an Ollie Robinson or a Jamie Smith over Ben Folks. You have been of, consistent on that. Yeah, because I think because of the runs. I think they, I think England like to he have seven well batters with those runs. Kind of, he's, he, remember we saw him score that century. At, Columbus. Yeah, that that the only that's the only Gore, the only way I'm I'm going Ben Stoke Ben Folks back in is because of the, where we are going. If we were playing in England, we've got five te- England have got five tests in yeah. India and then three tests in Pakistan next year. And he's just done pretty well in New Zealand, folks. Yeah. No, no, I get I'm that. For him. I get that, but I think England like that that bit more runs, that quality of runs. Uh, I, I think that's why Besto come. The, the Besto came back in largely down to the fact that they knew that at some point they were going to have to make a change and bring an extra bowler into the into the equation, and Johnny Besto would have to be the all rounder because Ben Stokes couldn't bowl. So I think that's that was a contributing factor to that. But if you're saying that Ben Stokes to go to three, bear in mind you have fairly Pope into his, this equation as well. So. Um, it's not. Right, a f- it'd be a good, good twelfth man, wouldn't he? Well, a bit of depth. Uh, I think Dan Lawrence is a quality batter as well. I think Colin Lawrence is a good twelfth man, but you're looking at Ollie Pope as the next England captain. I'm not sure being twelfth man's gonna 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 help that uh, gonna help that cause. So I think Pope comes back in. Ben goes back to where he is. Besto keeps wicket, and if he drops a one, he drops a one. Uh, what about Australia? How do you think they went today? Do you know what I thought? I, I, I thought they the wasted a new ball, but I th- don't think that's the first time they've done that. I thought they've, they've been really... I think they haven't been as consistent with a new ball. And why on earth is that? Uh, Pat Cummins is not bowling with that <laughs> no. new ball. It's just, I think Pat it's Cummins just... is possibly the only person in the world who 
doesn't think he should be opening the polls. It, do you know what? It, it seems to me that because you, you look at the Pat Cummins as a person, you look at him as a cricketer, he just seems to be the nicest man in the world. It's like he doesn't want to... Uh, I don't really want to upset... Uh, here's the wood and Stark, so I'll let them... It's like club cricket. He's letting, he's letting here's the wood and Stark open the bowl, and so... You know, he's just gonna. He's gonna be the the. the he's just such. It just seems like he's such a nice man. He doesn't want to rock the boat. Uh, for me, he changed it when he come on to bowl again. First innings, and he did it again. Second innings, when he come onto the into the game, it was a, uh, it was a little bit of a different contest. I thought Stark and 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 here's the word. I thought they wasted the new ball. And that's not for the first time in this series. They let England get away. Um, I actually thought Murphy bowled all right. Mm. I thought Murphy bowled all right. I, I thought he bowled. I thought Hazelwood, actually, I thought Hazelwood bowled pretty well. Yeah, I just thought the wasted the new ball, and it's not as much. It's not as it's not as a big thing to waste the new ball in England compared to wasting it in the subcontinent because of the Cookerbro. But I still think, yeah, everybody in the, everybody in the world knows where to bowl at Zach Crawley, and Zach's got better and better in this series because they haven't been as consistent with that brand new ball. Give him a chance to get his confidence going. Give him a chance to belt the odd one for four. And then all of a sudden, Zach's just... In, he's just grown and grown and grown in stature and put a huge amount of pressure on the bowl. And I think that... It, it only changes when Pat Cummins comes into the attack. Do you want a bit of breaking news? Come on, then. Stuart Broad has ruled out doing Strictly Come Dancing. Has he? Says, oh, the thought good. of dancing in front of 11 million people gives me the shivers. So, uh, <laughs> Goffey's records... Goffey's record safe. I think, yeah. uh, to be fair, he's a big fast bowler. So there's no, I don't, I think he's got, yeah, the coordination wise, no, I think stay away from that. I don't see him going in the jungle either. Um, no. I, I think he'll want no. a quiet he's life, just, do you know. You know what she was like, he, he'll want a quiet life. So I can't see him doing reality TV. Shall we hear from him? Shall we hear from the big yes. man? Stuart Broad on retirement. I feel great, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've probably been thinking through a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, even up until last night, I was still just sort of sat in my room, umming and erring and speaking to Molly. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, half eight, I just text Oaksy saying, can I come see you? Uh, and um, walked in, shook his hand and said, that's me. You know, thanks for everything you've done for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it, I, I, feel really, I feel really great. And I feel even better that we've had a brilliant day today. I feel... You know, I was a bit nervous this morning, thinking you know, if we lose early wickets, you know, I could, I could um, feel a bit devastated. But to see the guys play the way they did today, entertain the way they did, and I thought the atmosphere here today was awesome. You know, it felt it felt so good, uh, and put ourselves in a position that, you know, I wished we could be in uh, to try and chase ten wickets for a, for an Ashes win. We'll hear more from Stuart Broad very, very shortly here on uh, Following on Ashes Inquest. Uh, you're listening to Talk Sport. Hitting you for six with top order cricket conversation. Following on Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. I knew deep down that I wanted to finish uh, playing cricket at the very top. And part of me wanted to know that I could still do it when I eventually uh, stopped, eventually stopped stopping. Um, but so I think I've had a love affair with the Ashes my whole life and uh, the thought of being able to bowl my last ball and face my last ball versus Australia is something that fills me with joy. So, um, you know, that, that's uh, come to fruition and... Uh, 
ultimately I set myself a goal in April that I'd be available for the for the captain uh, or try and be fit and available for the captain for for five Ashes Test matches and to play all of them is just a, a, a really special feeling and to be a part of them uh, and it's been the most enjoyable series, the most entertaining series, the most edge of the seat series that I can remember uh, and ultimately I, I want, I've got such, I'm in love with the game, I still love playing the game, uh, I love being part of the changing room and I think I, I wanted to have those memories leaving the game and uh, you know I think that that will definitely make me um, stay in love with the game of cricket for the rest of my life. He's going to miss it isn't he Harmy? Um, I don't know about miss it I think there'll be times when we when we retire there are times you know it's the right time there'll be times where the, you, you will you will definitely miss being out on the field but I think you know, slowly but surely, the more you get into retirement, you do enjoy the fact that you haven't got to go through the training, you haven't got to go through the warm-ups and everything that goes with it. Um, and when he's in the commentary box, he's walking straight, he's, he's still in it, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I, would have, I think if he had missed it that much, we would be in a different outcome. We wouldn't be having these conversations. I think he has realised that this is the best time for him to go. And I think when you get to that point, you are at a point where you, you feel as though you don't, you're not going to miss it. Uh, we just had a quote from Richard Gould, the ECB CEO. He says, Stuart Broad is quite simply one of England's all-time greats, one of the game's fiercest competitors. It is fitting that he should choose to retire from the game at the culmination of such a closely contested an exciting Ashes series. He goes on, of course, uh, uh, to highlight that that spell, eight for fifteen, and of course, uh, uh, mentioning Jimmy Anderson alongside that. Uh, we've got another uh, guest on, another close friend of Stuart, Luke Fletcher, uh, joins us uh, on the show now. Luke, uh, well, your thoughts uh, at uh, the decision uh, made tonight officially that Stuart Broad will be a professional cricketer no longer. A little bit emotional, if I'm honest. Um... Sort of did not. I didn't really see it coming, but I mean, you look back on what he's achieved. It's absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, a bit, a bit stunned, and a bit shocked. Um, yeah, emotional is probably the right word to sum it up. Fletch, we've spoke a few times on on the cricket show about his professionalism and the way he not only plays for for England, but when he comes back to to knots and plays at knots. Um, just describe what it's like to be around. Stuart Broad, even even you know, he, he set such a high standard for himself in everything that he does. Do you know what? Like the, the the crazy thing is, he just kept trying to improve, and I think that probably sums him up in a way that he's always trying to get better at his game, um, and it never really stops. And I, I think when you come into sport and you play professional sport, you you get to a level and you think you've cracked it, but he kept trying to get better and improve his game, whether it's been the subcontinent, probably his leg cutters, or whether it's been in England with his wobble seam or trying to swing. Even for this series, you know, he came out and said he wanted to get his um, away swing away, away swing back going for Labuschagne and Smith. He's always trying to improve his game, and that just sums it, you know, sums the bloke up. And Fletch, he's just he's just said, and he's been quoted saying, "You're talking about improving things." Um, he said he doesn't fancy going on strictly come dancing to dance in front of 11 million people. Um, other than the commentary box, what do you think you'll fill his time with? Uh, I, I think, well, he could probably do whatever he wants. I think he's financially okay. Let's be honest. 
you know, he can do what he wants, really, can't he? Um, he'll probably go and watch Forest at the weekends, um, take some time to spend with his, with his family, his little girl, his, you know, his new daughter that he's had in the last year. Um, and that, you know, I don't know, I don't really know, but he'll be fine. So, you know, Roddy's brilliant. He's, he's, got a, he's got a great opinion on the game. So commentary, whatever it is, it'd be absolutely brilliant. Um, but, you know, he should enjoy tomorrow, you know, his last stint in the field or whatever it is, uh, and then enjoy his retirement and, you know, reflect on what's been an incredible test career, I think. Brilliant stuff, uh, Luke Fletcher. Thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight. Um, uh, fresh from the news that Stuart Broad, your, your old mate, your f- former teammate, uh, has decided that this will be it. Uh, final words from you, really, Harmy, as we move towards the end of the show, um, just about Broad. I mean, how's Anderson going to be feeling tonight, do you think? I think he's going to be feeling very emotional. Um, Jimmy's made a decision to carry on. I think Jimmy's going to be very, very emotional. He, he was crying at the um, when Sir Alistair Cook um, retired at the Oval not long ago, 2018, I think it was. And tomorrow morning, he's going to walk out to bat with his great friend for one last time. He's then going to walk on the field with his great friend for one last time. And then he's going to hopefully have the winning moment and walk off the field with his great friend for one last time and that for me I can't wait to be there I hope it finishes tomorrow I know I joked to say it. he should have two days um, but I really do hope that is tomorrow England win because I, I, Broad deserves to go out that way and, and I'm sure Jimmy is going to enjoy it just as much as Stuart because for every day Stuart's been on the field and fighting for England um, the two of them will be thankful for each other because largely down to the fact the combination, they've uh, they've been immense ambassadors for English cricket. You were you were here in 2009. You remember the roar in 2005 when uh, the Ashes was won. 2009 when Freddie ran out uh, Ponting. Uh, do you think it'll be matched t- tomorrow if uh, Broad takes Warner's wicket for one final time? It'll be interesting to see what Warner's reaction will be if he does does get that one last time he might wave the white handkerchief out of his pocket if he does but <laughs> look let's be fair I think tomorrow the oval at it, it, every point every time Stuart gets the ball every time his name's announced um, and then when it is the final time it, the ovation will be it'll be amazing and there'll not be a dry eye I think in the house for that because he has been so good for English cricket it's been it's been wonderful and it'll be great to see tomorrow brilliant stuff Brilliant stuff, uh, Harmy. Brilliant stuff, Brody. Uh, and we'll be back here on Talk Sport between 7 and 8 on the inquest, uh, looking back at day four, whatever happens here at the Oval. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final... You can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.